Hi, I'm Dr. Alicia Armitstead. I am a chiropractor who specializes in nutrition, and on last week's episode, episode 11, Balance the Brain for Better Health, I talked about how to consistently choose thoughts and how happiness is a choice. Every thought you have causes neurochemical changes, some temporary and some lasting. For instance, when people consciously practice gratitude, they get a surge of rewarding neurotransmitters like dopamine and experience a general alerting and brightening of the mind. Research has also proven the numerous benefits of meditation for your brain and show that meditation produces measurable results from changes in gray matter volume to enhanced connectivity between brain regions. Studies have shown that thoughts alone can improve vision, fitness, and strength. The placebo effect, as observed with fake operations and sham drugs, works because of the power of thought. Experiences and learned associations have been shown to change brain chemistry and circuitry, which results in real physiological and cognitive outcomes, such as less fatigue, lower immune system reactions, elevated hormone levels, and reduced anxiety. We have two parts of the brain, conscious prefrontal cortex and subconscious brain, which is pretty much everything else, and it's evolutionarily older. The conscious part of the brain is creative and can learn. That's the part of our brain that chooses happiness. Subconscious is habitual, and research shows that we live 95% from the subconscious. That's a lot of choices that we make without awareness. That's the part I want to talk to you today about. The subconscious gets programmed the first seven years of life. That's why psychologists say all your personality gets programmed then. An example is having a conversation while driving. You remember the conversation, but you have no clue what you drove by or how many stops you had made but your subconscious had to pick up on all of that in order to drive safely. Remember when you were first learning how to drive and how you had to pay close attention to everything consciously? And then with enough practice, it became automatic. When it became automatic, you were using the subconscious mind. Subconscious is a habit. takes 90 days to make a habit. So if you want to incorporate salads into your diet, if you want to work harder at not eating sugar or adding exercise into your routine, you have to make more of an effort the first 90 days. And then after that, it becomes easier because it's just part of your daily life that you do automatically on the subconscious level. We have so many subconscious programs running through our brain. If your brain is running a program for I am happy, then your body and your consciousness responds as such. It is how you will feel and create your day. And if you feel like a victim in your life, your consciousness and your body will follow that programming. So what if we want to change the programming? Affirmations help, but they only hit the consciousness. It doesn't help with the subconscious. For more on subconscious programming, watch my YouTube video, on virus of the mind. Link I'll put in the description. The subconscious mind processes 40 million bits of information per second, while the conscious mind processes only 40 bits per second. Amazing. When our conscious mind desires one thing and our subconscious mind disagrees, it's no surprise that our subconscious wins. I'm a big believer in mind over body. 
even though I work with the body every day. It is actually my respect for the body and the healing journey that allows me to have such a respect for the mind as well. When a patient comes to me and tells me that they can't sleep because their job is so stressful, I believe them for what they believe is their truth and not working with their truth won't help me or the patient. My goal then, as the healer, is to help figure out with the patient what stress management needs to be implemented. These lifestyle changes to help the patient deal with the stress so it's not creating such a chaos in their body is key. But sometimes, even with implementing lifestyle changes, insomnia continues, or they literally are just too stressed out and overwhelmed that they can't do the changes I want them to do. It is in these cases I feel like my ability to help them on their journey is limited until I learn to help their subconscious with a technique called Psych-K. Our belief systems can get in the way of our healing capacity. What the mind thinks really does play a part not just in health but in all aspects of our life. It's not just only what we think but also our subconsciousness that plays a part. The subconscious brain with the autonomic nervous system controls the heartbeat, allows you to digest your food without thinking, allows your scars to heal without you having to do anything. It's what makes us produce billions and billions of cells a day. Studies show that what you think even affects your genes. For more information, watch my YouTube video on the biology of belief. Link is in description. I read the book Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton years ago and was fascinated with the research that shows how genes actually change expression with different thoughts, but he had no way to explain how to change this mind-body connection to help people. He just knew that it happened. Bruce Lipton is a cell biologist and uses everything he knows about the cell and quantum physics in his book biology of belief to show that genes and DNA do not control our biology, that instead DNA is controlled by signals from outside the cell, including neurological stimulation from our positive and negative thoughts. DNA is not something you inherited from your parents that is written in stone. The code is written in stone, and you did inherit from your parents, but not all of it is fully expressed or used. The DNA that the cell actually expresses is always changing and different parts turn on and off depending on the cell's environment. To change the mind-body connection, I finally found the answer when one of my patients mentioned to me a muscle testing technique called Psych-K. The Psych-K process integrates both hemispheres of the brain, producing a whole brain state that allows for us to easily create improved and sustainable behaviors, attitudes, and thoughts. The results of a Psych-K balance may be felt and experienced very quickly or may evolve over time, might take hours, days, or weeks. Psych-K's motto is an evolution of consciousness, which I couldn't agree with more. It really does have the ability to help you identify belief patterns that no longer serve you and then reprogram new belief systems so you can live the life you want. This reprogramming is due to using specific neurological techniques to build new neural pathways and take out the electrical charge of old neurological pathways to literally have your brain firing differently. 
We all know when we are being triggered by someone or a situation. Our eyes get small, our heart beats faster, we hold our breath and hopefully watch what comes out of our mouth. Whether the feeling is anger, shame, guilt, sadness, our body is going 100 miles a second having its own reaction to what is happening while our brain is going 100 miles a second having whatever emotions you would label it. With both the brain and the body going 100 miles a second, we tend to overreact and say things that we later regret. What if we could stop this reaction on the neurological level and have the body and brain not overreact? What would life look like if you thought clearly through every situation and could act accordingly? What if you could follow through on every goal you set for yourself? There is no limit to what you could do. Besides thoughts being neurological and neurochemical reactions, we can also think of them as wavelengths that emanate from our brain. Just like when sound waves hit our ear, thoughts too have waves, but instead of getting picked up by the ear, they get picked up by water. Literally, thoughts change water crystal structure as seen under a microscope. Masaru Emoto was a Japanese researcher who froze water crystals after saying certain things to the water crystals. His research is written in his book called Hidden Messages of Water. Emoto said that water was a blueprint for our reality and that emotional energies and vibrations could change the physical structure of water. Emoto's water crystal experiments consisted of exposing water and glass to different words, pictures, or music, and then freezing and examining the aesthetic properties of the resulting crystals with microscopic photography. Emoto saw that water exposed to positive speech and thoughts would result in visually pleasing crystals being formed when the water was frozen. Photos of the positive word crystals look like snowflakes, uniform, beautiful structure, whereas the negative speech and thoughts would yield ugly frozen crystal formations that would look chaotic, no specific form, and sometimes look like mud water. We really could enhance our life with positive thinking. If we said a positive word, love, peace, grace, joy, whatever word you wanted right before we ate or drank anything, how much more healing would our food become? Emoto's work also shows how powerful the power of intention is. The Flaska Company took this idea and developed glass that would structure the water into these beautiful crystals. On its way from the spring to the tap, water travels through straight long pipes through all different types of material, lead, plastic. This is not what water's natural environment is. It usually flows across different types of rock and through soil. Substances with which water comes into contact have a vibrational effect on this water. And this vibrational effect can be imprinted on it for a certain period of time. The same thing happens in bottles or water dispensers in which water is stationary for a long period of time. With the flaska bottles, they're glass, and it brings the vibrational structure of water closer to the structure of spring water using technology of programming silicon, a vibrational program consisting of various kinds of information from nature imprinted into the glass. Now, if you think of the human body as being 60% water, can you imagine how powerful thoughts and words are to our bodies? 
what you think really does have an impact in so many ways. So what if we harness the power of thought to help us? I truly believe that's where meditation comes into play. But instead of just sitting in silence and calming the mind to have the effect of no thoughts, let's use a full cycle of communication with the superconscious. We have our brain, which is the conscious and the subconscious, and then there's the superconscious. Whether you call it superconscious mind, higher self, spirit, soul, or something else, the concept of a part of consciousness beyond our conscious and subconscious minds has been a part of human culture forever. Although many mainstream scientists and psychologists continue to debate the existence of the superconscious mind, several thousand years of spiritual history show that it is something that exists. I believe it is in the higher self connection to God, or divine intelligence, universal mind, universe, spirit, whatever you choose to call it, that is always there but when we quiet the conscious mind and we tap into it using the superconscious. I believe the superconscious is one mind shared by all. The superconscious mind is different from either of the subconscious or the conscious minds. It's more like a watchful, caring parent. Its job is to oversee the development process of your growth and evolution as a spiritual being having a human experience to enable you to learn your lessons and grow up to be a fully functioning adult. If you deferred all your decisions to your parents, you would never achieve the necessary confidence and self-sufficiency to make it in the world on your own. It's one thing to confer, you know, talk with something over with your parents, and it's an important decision that needs to be made. It's quite another to defer to them and just let them make the decision for you. Think of the conscious mind as a superconscious mind in training. The goal here is for your conscious mind to integrate with the superconscious and the subconscious minds, becoming a unified consciousness. In this state, intuition, volition, and action become one. And that happens in meditation, and we want to train the brain so that it happens even outside of meditation. We want life to become a walking meditation where you are tuned in to your intuition and in this state of oneness at all times. I like the transcendental meditation model of meditating, 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. I think it's a great way to start your day out that the day will automatically go smoother if you spend this time getting connected in oneness and then again at night to let go of any stress that accumulated during the day that you don't want to hold on to and disrupt your sleep. Now that we know how powerful words are, let's start each meditation with setting an intention. Just a brief statement on what your expectations are. Think of a meditation as a full cycle of communication with the superconscious. Do this. To do this, we then need to still the conscious mind and to feel the connection to the superconscious mind. I think we have this connection all the time, but we are not always aware of it. Once you enter stillness, ask a question, voice a concern, or share what's on your mind. This is a form of prayer. 
then go back into stillness and expect to receive an answer from the superconscious. This is a full cycle of communication that needs to happen if we are to have and nurture a relationship with our higher selves. So with all these different ways, this is how I help balance out the nervous system so that optimal health can be achieved.